0: Did they do it?
1: how did they do
0: it you're listening to the how did they do it podcast with costas welcome to how did they do it where you can join me in conversations with inspirational individuals who have transformed their lives by doing what they love doing today's guest is jess roper who i used to know as jessica fleischer when i interviewed her a few months ago However, rest assured, she's still the same person. She's the uh, kickboxing champion from a few years ago. And in fact, she won the fight under her own name, which is Jess Roper. And uh, she will explain to you why she changed her name in the meanwhile, uh, the name that she's using publicly at least. But uh, more importantly, she will explain to you what it is, what it takes really to have the champion's mindset why it's important for her to build a community around her, the work that she does in schools with um, young people uh, to develop, uh, to help them to become the champions for tomorrow, to develop the correct mindset for that. Uh, Jessica is also going to explain why it's sometimes important to to resolve internal conflict uh, in order to develop the right discipline and why you probably do not need to practice for 10,000 hours if you want to become competent at something. In uh, Jesse's own words, start small, dream big, never give up. So without further ado, here is Jesse Roper for you. Hi Jesse, welcome to to the show. How are you?
1: Hello Costas and thank you for having me. I am fantastic. Thank you. I'm feeling great today.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So uh, what makes you feel great today? I'm always curious to hear anything sort of has... um, Happened recently that you want to share,
1: or is it just generally? It's a it's a great, great question. I actually woke up tired and not feeling very motivated. I think people will assume that oh it's alright for her. She's naturally motivated. No, I got up and I had a session booked in with an online PT and we were doing deadlifts. And because it was booked and because I had to turn up and do it, I did. I made myself a tea, I went downstairs, got lifting. And that was really the catalyst that was what helped me start my day well, and then it's just been one of those days where it's continued to improve ever since doing things that I enjoy doing. I went out for lunch with somebody, and here I am today talking to you
0: awesome so that that's kind of that's about the importance of starting the day with intention, isn't it because then everything else
1: yes, it would have been very it would have been very easy to be like, "Oh, I don't feel like it today and like i said i think people assume i'm extremely motivated not always sometimes you just have to be a bit disciplined and by doing that i felt great it really set my day up well
0: yeah great okay so last time we spoke it's i think it's two three months ago well i saw a different name there under your avatar if you like you were jessica the jessica fighting fit now you're jess roper so tell us what has changed in the meanwhile. Well,
1: I I still am fighting fit, so I still, my business is I am fighting fit, but I wanted to move away from being my business, I am Jess Roper as a person, I grew up as Jess Roper Um, and my name was Jessica Fleischer, so Fleischer is my dad's surname, it is my name on my birth certificate, but I grew up throughout school under my mum's name, Roper, and I, so this Began early days of social media, I was Jess Roper. Then, uh, through the kickboxing and through the fighting, they put me down as Jess Roper, thinking it was my name. So, that's what I fought under. That's what I became a champion under. And then I decided, oh, well, now I'm self employed. I need to be professional. I need to be official. I'm going to go to my name, Fleischer. But actually, I've been working on my personal brand, I've been working on myself, personal development. And my why, why do I do what I do deeper than obviously I need to earn money to buy food and I want to help people improve their performance and health and all these things. But it's because of my mum. Uh, my deepest why is I want to become successful in everything I do to allow my mum to have the best rest of her life too. So it's this big, and my my granddad. he's one of my greatest inspirations I remember growing up and everything that he did with his business and so it's the family name of Roper on my mum's side and so then I just decided I thought when's the best time to confuse everyone and change my name and people have assumed maybe I got married or they don't understand what's happened (laughs) but there's no time better than the present so just do it and now I'm explaining it and people will forget it one day they'll just know me as Jess Roper um, yeah, there's a few people that remember me as Jeff Roper before and they've messaged me going oh I'm so happy you've gone back because now you're back to who we know you as so
0: well there you go then that kind of validates the decision I actually thought as well when when you when I saw the name that it was your stage name because of course for someone fighting Roper you know in the ropes I thought yeah that's something like I'm in the ropes but I'm fighting back that, but that's actually your name that's your real name and, and interesting to see how important it is for you to, to use it because. That's who you are as a person. So names do tell a lot about us, and don't they really? I mean, you know, we, we're used to them because we're, we're born with names, but actually they kind of take almost an identity by themselves, don't they? Sometimes the, the names that we're using to describe ourselves, uh, perhaps like this, whether it's a stage name or the real name or family name, they, they do have, I mean, as you just explain yourself, a particular importance sometimes that carries quite a lot of power with it, perhaps, is that fair to say?
1: I think so. I think it's an important part of our our identity. So it might not be who we are, our deep internal as a being, because we can change. We can choose to change elements of our identity, including our name. But a lot, so like women change their name to their husband's surname generally, or like say you tend to take your father's surname, not your mother's, or all of these different um, factors, change who we are by our name and they they sort of tell people who we are. I think that's important. With So with stage names and personas and personal brand even, it's who you are, but it's also who you want to portray yourself as to everybody else, how they perceive you. Because I think that's important with, with creating a brand. And this is why I feel like Jess Roper is important because I want people to know and understand how important my mum is it's not just so I am fighting fit my business me, but it's not all about me. It's about the family connection too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So mean um, last time we spoke, we we're speaking a lot about the the mindset and the mentality of a champion, I guess. And you're a champion yourself. I know you lost the last uh, fight, but you know once a champion, always a champion, right? So you know you have been and you deserve that. And and I guess sort of one of the things that I'm always interested in because I think that drew a lot of interest from. Uh, people on my channel as well the whole sort of champion world isn't it so people like to be champions but there's not many champions out there so what are the characteristics of someone becoming a champion you think what
1: do you need to i think
0: be, be a certain way do you need to behave a certain way or what is it really that makes someone a champion
1: i think so- someone actually picked this out of something i said in a previous podcast and it sums it up really well really succinctly that a champion is somebody who accepts a challenge because when to become a champion you have to challenge the champion you know that they are currently better than you they are currently known as the best they have that identity already and you have to accept that you are the challenger perhaps you're the underdog and so you have to be humble almost in your eye you have to say you have to be ready you have to be prepared you have to be determined there's all of these other ways of identifying whether somebody is capable of becoming a champion. But then I think the final bit where a lot of people, they are ready to become a champion if they accept the challenge. It's that step out of their comfort zone, knowing that they're going against it. So like you said, I lost the recent British title fight. I am the two times English kickboxing champion. So I won those. So I have that champion status. Again, it's another form of identity. I, I'm, I'm. Can you be a champion? So I have done it. But then I didn't say no to that. I would never have become the British champion if I didn't accept that challenge.
0: Okay. If that makes sense. It certainly does. And I'm also interested in, I know you currently work in, in schools and I'm gonna ask you a bit more about it later, but for now, I'm, I'm interested also in the mindset of a kid, isn't a young person, obviously still in the learning mode, Easily, inf- easily to influence sometimes, you can say. Easy to learn also. So, I mean, how does a child become a champion? I'm not necessarily speaking about a sport, but in mentality, sort of, how do they cultivate sort of this mentality, you think? Is there anything?
1: I'll share, I'll share with everybody the message that I share with the primary school children because it's exactly the same for the listeners of this podcast. It's dream big, start small, and never give up. And then obviously so what I do in the schools is I have a sort of half an hour time slot to run an assembly. So I share a bit of story and I, I incorporate. So I, the title is The Fun and the Fear of Becoming a Champion. So I talk about how it's important to find something that you find fun. It might not be kickboxing. If it is kickboxing, fantastic. That was my choice because I find it fun then it's overcoming the fear because there will always be fear. So I I use the analogy of your first day of school. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to feel that fear when you're doing something new, something unknown, or taking it to the next level, which if you're fighting to become a champion, you are taking it to the next level. And then, so that dream big, so set that big goal, that, wow, one day I'd love to be a champion. I'd love to be a black belt. So my personal, when I first walked into the dojo, and I, that was my first win, my stepping through those doors. It was terrifying. And it's having that big goal, the one that you, you don't even necessarily know that you'll ever get there, but have that big dream. Maybe even make it even bigger. Because if you start to begin to believe it, then you've got to remove yourself away from that. It might be five years, 10 years from now that you actually achieve it and focus on the small things that you can do today. So, I use press ups as an example. When I first began, I couldn't even do a single press up. So, my first goal towards becoming a black belt, becoming a champion, was to be able to do one press up. It's achievable, took a bit of work, and then I did it. And then you progress from there. So, focus on your daily small tasks, kind of like atomic habits, what you can do in less than two minutes, all these little things, like this morning, getting up and logging on. That was the beginning to becoming motivated. And then never giving up. So I lost the first five fights before I even got a win. Could have easily given up at any of those points. But that resilience, determination to keep on going. Having a coach. i a coach who pulled me aside and spoke to me about my bigger. So we always knew, I think, that I, he said that I might not be a natural fighter. Because I'm not. I don't want to just be the best in the world. I'm not like Muhammad Ali. I don't think I am the greatest. I'm all about pushing myself to be the best I can possibly be, to experience as much as I can, to then focus on helping other people.
0: That's, you know, that, that's lovely. I can see a whole, you know, It's not just about the fighting, isn't there's a whole philosophy behind it. There is a, a mission there, I say, behind uh, what you're doing, and that, which uh, makes it even stronger and um, yeah it's very interesting for me to hear about sort of the way you and, and especially the part that you say where you, where you have lost the first five fights before you won because I think this is the part that most of us underestimate and that's probably part of the reason why there's not many champions out there because most people that will lose the first fight maybe the second will be like you know what that's just no, not for me you know I'm just not good enough or, or whatever and then it's about your identity isn't it if you see yourself as a fighter and you get up and you, you get and you know you continue the next challenge but if you see yourself as okay like you have perhaps been more of a mixed mind a fixed rather mindset where you think well either you're good or you're not good and i've proven to myself i'm not good so i'm gonna do something else now do you think that's really what what really makes the biggest difference that you know really a champion someone who keeps going while everyone else is someone who gives up at the first hurdle or quite easily
1: I think, I think it's very important, and I think it's one of the reasons how I became a champion, because I had that tough start, because I developed that resilience. Whereas some, a lot of people, they come in and they start winning early on, then they struggle to cope with the loss. It gets to a level where they lose, and because inevitably, no matter how good you are, if you keep stepping it up, you will probably come against someone who will beat you at some point. There are very few undefeated fighters in the world. Um, and I had the opposite growing up as a teenager, school, academically. I, did, I wasn't sporty at school. I didn't start kickboxing until I was 19. As I said, I couldn't even do one press-up. I dismissed it. I wasn't creative. I wasn't musical. I have no rhythm. All of these things that I didn't think I could do, when actually I just didn't dedicate to doing any of them. I was academic. I was an A-star student, maths and science. I was going to go to university. All of that pressure, exams, 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 push her, push her, top set. Then it got too much. Then I chose avoidance, the social, because I couldn't keep up with it anymore. I couldn't keep up that appearance of being that. And I was terrified my friends would find out about my upbringing. And it was all of these fears that I'd created in my own mind since, because I've since spoken to my friends about it. And they said, we would never have judged you negatively for that. But it was, they were, they were real in my mind. So they held me back. And so then I didn't get those grades. I didn't go to university. I didn't do all of it. So again, that was my identity at the time. So I didn't know what I was. I was just I became hardworking. I began working in the pub, long hours, 60 hour weeks plus some weeks. I was doing sort of six days a week, seven some weeks. Um, and until I found kickboxing. And then it was starting right at the bottom and working my way up. That was for me part of my key to success, I guess.
0: Yes, and then um, obviously kickboxing being one of the uh, your you know your big sort of the big parts of what you do and part of your identity. There I say there's a few other things there? Training, training others, um, hypnotherapy. I know you have been uh, speaking quite a lot about that. Can you tell me how this all fit together? The kickboxing, the training, uh, other people, and the hypnotherapy. Is that something that you see as, again, as part of your mission, as one thing? Or is that three separate things that you, you just happen to
1: do? It all links into one. And it's from the outside looking in, it might be a bit like, well, how are they connected? And as I think anybody listening, they can hear the kickboxing, that martial arts way of life, that personal development, that achieving mastery. So even like black belt, it's the beginning. I'm still, I'm a second degree black belt, but I am... For the rest of my life, continuing to improve for myself and working with others to help them improve. We recently had a black belt grading. I was there grading the brown belts going for their black belt, pushing them, helping them get the best out of themselves. And then, so with the hypnotherapy and the fighters, it's the same thing. Pretty much all fighters are very similar inside their mind pretty much all high performers and the more that i look into this the more that i speak to people and the more that i begin to understand how our minds work and how we work as human beings i guess um we're all quite similar really on the inside we might be pursuing different things we might be pursuing one of them fighting in the ring one of them speaking on stages globally which happened to be two things that I want to do, two things that I do, but they're very similar fundamentally. And so it's helping people overcome the struggles, the barriers, those beliefs. I said I had them when I was a teenager. If I could speak to teenagers or primary school children, even perhaps look what I'm doing now and help them believe in themselves and begin to create their own champions mindset, what can they achieve? If I didn't begin until I was 19 and then I didn't find hypnotherapy until 2020 so until the lockdowns and I was struggling I'd gone self-employed so becoming a champion gave me the confidence in myself to go self-employed so that was a very important part but I knew nothing about business so I was working myself into the ground I was trying to do everything I wasn't charging enough because I was used to that minimum wage working per hour getting what but you can't do that working for yourself because you also spend many many hours marketing and selling and all of the different things that you have to do to run a business to make it successful that I knew nothing about so I was making myself ill and in a way lockdown helped me because it took it all away and yes it was awful it took away the gym which was my everything it's my coping mechanism really my coping mechanism was to train harder to fight but it wasn't necessarily the best thing for me at that moment in time so by taking it away it forced me to didn't force me to, I, I chose to um, turn my attention inwards to me, begin healing from the trauma. I thought I got lucky. I thought I don't have trauma. I'm one of those, I've just somehow I've avoided it, even though I had a traumatic childhood. Um then my friend recommended that I train with the Jacqueline Hypnosis Academy because they, again, because of lockdown, they bought their training online and created a membership. So instead of being two and a half grand face to face for a week's training, it's forty seven fifty a month dollars I think um, for six like months. Money for me. Mm. So you and you train over six months. Um, so it's online training, but part of a cohort, so part of a community. Because I think community is community is at the heart of everything I do, to be honest. Um, And so that was how, and I didn't really know if I believed in it. I was like, I don't even know if I really believe in hypnotherapy. I don't think it's for me, but I've, I've got nothing to lose. I trust my friend. And if it's not for me, I'll be able to say, I gave it a go. And now I know that it's not, but it began to completely transform my life. And it began to open up this, how powerful can this be? What can this do for other people? And since then, so since that was 2020, we're now at the end of 2021 and I've begun working with fighters. So I'm beginning to bring all of these bits together using the kickboxing, using the hypnotherapy and everything that I'm learning about us as human beings. And the speaking. So another, I'm a member of Toastmasters. I began the radio show. All of these things that now I'm in primary schools and looking to be part of events and retreats and moving forwards into the future. It's bringing all of these skill sets. So if I like arts that I enjoy, because it's part martial arts, hypnotherapy, public speaking. It's part science. There is absolutely a scientific application, but it's part art as well. It allows you to get creative. Once you know the basics, the fundamentals you then begin to develop your own style as an individual. And I and that's been powerful for me too. And I'm beginning to find ways of connecting them all together. And that was a very long answer to your question. I hope it was okay.
0: No, it's very exciting to hear, actually. how I'm always interested in how things that look quite disparate on paper actually are coming together, because there's something behind all that, isn't it? And that's mindset, really, I believe. And, you know, whether you were talking about, um, you know, top sport or uh, performance, hypnotherapy, whether we're speaking about training, whether we even public speaking, it's all about sort of your mindset, isn't it? So, and, and related to that, I'm just curious specifically about hypnotherapy. Do you think it is something that can help someone's mindset, or are you using it in a different sort of way?
1: Absolutely, it's something that can help someone's mindset. Um, I think it's capable of more than what most people are aware. So there's all the kind of people think of stop smoking, hypnosis, fast phobia, cure, things like that. Then they also think about like relaxation, anxiety, sleep. And then the area that I love the most. And one of the sayings that resonated with me me really well is the, the problem is never the problem. So whatever somebody comes to you with as a therapist, hypnotherapist, so they might say, I want to lose weight because I can't stop snacking and then you have to help them. So again, the, the hypnotist has no mind control, no powers to change them. The work is done within
0: you. you within people will be disappointed to hear, but yeah, I agree with you as a trained hypnotherapist myself.
1: Yeah, and so it's, and so the area that I specifically work with now, and I, I love working in this area and it is really connecting. So I can do all the other things I just listed, But fighters and athletes, martial artists, we're all so driven. We're all so highly strung. And deep inside us, we have this, I'm not good enough. I need to be perfect. This constantly pushing. And yes, it helps you become a champion. But what if there's someone out there who understands what that's like because they've been through it? and they can help you they can help you accept yourself and they can help you resolve the underlying often traumas that from a very early age have created this and help you perform better in fact because you now and so and the other thing that I'm very so tying the hypnotherapy into the bigger picture of everything that I do and the overall mission is promoting health but wholeheartedly so it's not just physical health you don't just go to kickboxing to be able to do more press-ups and it's not just mental health because you're anxious you see a therapist it's it addresses all areas of health so social health too uh, financial health if that's what you're struggling with environmental health it's like all these different areas of health they are one thing and that's where it i think so kickboxing and hypnotherapy, they very quickly get bracketed. Kickboxing is physical, hypnotherapy is mental. Actually, they link together and they're both wholehearted.
0: Absolutely. And and another thing, hearing you now talking about all these things that comes to mind, it's a topic that I'm particularly interested in, Um, it's it's a topic of motivation. Now, in our society, motivation is, is kind of seen as the the thing, isn't it like, oh, you need to be motivated and motivation, motivation. That. Well, I was interviewed myself some time ago in a podcast, and the title of that podcast, podcast was one of my quotes, motivation is overrated. What do you think about motivation, really? Is that something that, you know, you, you kind of need to be driven, and then everything will come, or is that something that kind of comes from, almost like the other way around, from doing things, then you get more motivated? I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that as someone... Was obviously and um, working quite a lot with with motivated people. I'm sure
1: it's something that I'm very interested in learning more about, and something that I have looked into a bit myself. I don't think there's such a thing as waiting to be motivated or relying on motivation so you might have a burst of motivation so when people so dieting is a great example of this they start a diet plan and they feel very motivated they've got their goal so it's important to have first january 2022 right yes absolutely new year new me i am this is the year i'm changing my life and i'm very motivated and they start taking action and they start even getting results and but then something comes along and social event or a bad something bad happens and they oh i can't be bothered today and so then the motivation goes so then one of the common answers is well you just need to be more disciplined but if there's conflict in that so if the underlying positive like cause for the i don't know the comfort that they're seeking from the food or what or procrastination or whatever it might be then they're just going to end up feeling bad. They're going to end up feeling guilty or ashamed, and it creates a negative cycle. So I think, back to motivation, I think, I think it starts with inspiration as well. I think one of the ways, that so if you're inspired, so opposed to beating yourself up about the negatives of, I want to lose weight because I'm not good enough. If you can reframe that to, I want to achieve something to become better. So becoming a champion. And that might involve weight loss. But again, even the term weight loss is very negative. What are you losing? You're losing something. So in, wants
0: to lose it, want to gain something.
1: Yeah, so it's all about gaining improved health. And this is where the wholehearted health comes in. I don't promote weight loss, I promote improved health. That may or may not involve weight management whatever words you want to use but then the motivation is all of a sudden positive opposed to moving away from something you're moving towards something you're moving towards becoming that champion so you might again metaphorically it might you might be absolutely never ever want to compete in sport or martial arts or but you want to be able to run around with your grandkids when you're 60. Like, so you you know that right now you're in your 40s and you're thinking, oh, I can't touch my toes anymore and my belly hangs over my belt. So I want to do something. I want to improve my health. Whereas most people will automatically go, I need to lose weight. I ate too much food at Christmas. I feel bad about myself. So I think if we can get that, ref- when we can get that reframe, positive language. So when we can get that positive reframe to what we're working towards, then we can strengthen that. We can remove the conflict Because there will be that underlying, oh, but I want to do that and find the resolution, find the resolution, then the motivation. So again, you won't always be motivated, but you've got that clear thing that you're working towards. Then that's where it's important to have a process that works for you. So some people are more outcome driven in that, that I want to be the champion, I want to be X amount of weight or whatever their goal is um but some people are more process driven and so it's finding a balance of the two so instead of just focusing on that goal that outcome identifying how you can achieve it and how you can set your lifestyle up your habits your behaviors so it becomes automatic to allow you to do that so it's all very well wanting to go back to kickboxing if opposed to weight weight is a part of fighting because it's one of the few reasons where people always say ditch the scales you need the scales to fight because it's a weight categorized sport. I don't really care what I weigh. If I eat a bit more cake and I put on a couple of pounds and I'm happy and healthy, it doesn't really matter. But that doesn't work when I've got to step in the ring at 55 kilos. So um, it's being able to find the processes that align with that. So if you say, oh, I want to fight, but your priority is being able to go out with your friends five nights a week and eat takeaway and your family eat and, and, and so you and you don't want to be in the gym because you want to be with your young child and all of these things then you have to say well actually that process is going to be very difficult to follow so i need to adjust something so it's, it's very it's very a lot of people they set this goal and then the lifestyle they need to leave to get them lead to get them there won't actually work so it's finding the ways of making it possible to achieve that goal that fit in with their lifestyle and making it realistic then they will be more motivated does that make sense?
0: it does make sense and I think that goal needs to be driven by purpose as well isn't it? I think that's what you're saying really that there needs to be a higher purpose and if there's a conflict with that purpose like you said earlier if you're Right. It's like, I actually prefer to stay at home with my kid or go out and drink with my friends, whatever. Then there's clearly a conflict there. So it doesn't really help them to say, okay, like, you know, come on, be disciplined, do this and that. You need to, to resolve that first. Otherwise, you, you just end up uh, being unhappy and, and then you, you're not really fulfilling your purpose. Um, and another thing that I think quite often um, happens is that people focus too much on that really wanting to do something that um, they don't actually see that, your environment needs to be helpful to to all, all the things that you say you're going to do. You know, like for instance, for myself, um, I play now keyboards almost every single day, but there was a time I was playing only once a month and I was wondering oh, why am i so demotivated and I don't want to play keyboards any- anymore. And then I thought what the problem was and, and my keyboard at the time was in a corner in the room. And, you know, like as it happened, it was constantly covered. so would put books on there and, and clothes and, and you start gathering dust and, and then of course then it, it wasn't really very motivating isn't to look at the keyboard because it wasn't reminding me i really want to play right now now as i talk to you i see my keyboard here in front of me so as soon as, you know i can as soon as we finish the conversation just literally switch on the um, uh, the on button and just play on my keyboard really and then um, it's much easier to access and therefore I do it much more often. So sometimes about the environment as well, isn't it? Creating the correct circumstances in order to to perform.
1: Yes, that's a really good point. And it's funny, and this is one of the things that we're always working on it. So personal development, achieving goals, whatever it is, it doesn't end when you achieve the goal. Because going back to weight, I guess, you hit the weight. Then you've got to live that lifestyle. So becoming a champion. I didn't just become a champion and then, oh, I've done it. I, I now don't need to work on anything anymore because I'm a champion. So it's not like that. You've still got to improve to continue. If you've got that champion's mindset, if you've got the way of life of a martial artist, whichever metaphor you want to use... Um, So, like, I coach kickboxing online, and I have done since the beginning of lockdown, and it works really well for me as a coach, and it works really well for the ladies who log on, perhaps even, there's multiple reasons. Some of them, it's because they want to work with me, and they live the other side of the world. I've got somebody from Canada in my membership. Some of them, it's because they were too anxious to step foot in the gym, so they come online and they don't have to worry about going to a gym face to face. Some of them it's because they've got kids and they don't want, they don't have to find childcare. So it's there, whatever their reason is, but they've created an environment that works for them. And I thought that I, it's great, online works, but it doesn't work for me. I won't benefit from it. I benefit from being in the gym, or I can watch a YouTube video or I can train on my own because I'm self-motivated. As I said when we began this, This morning, I wasn't feeling very motivated and it would have been very easy to skip that workout. I'm not very motivated at doing strength workout. As it happens, I have weights downstairs in my house, but I wasn't doing it. I was avoiding it for some reason. Again, it's that I would have justified it with some sort of, oh, I need rest or I need to focus on my business. or They're all things that are important to me. But if I want to become a world champion, I need to optimize my training. So I've signed up to work with an online personal trainer because I don't need to go out in my car and drive to a gym. I have the equipment. I know enough, but I need that per- I don't, I've chosen to improve how I train by having that person there supporting me. And it's working. So it just goes to you can always you need to constantly adapt towards your goals.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, I mean, a lot of what you're talking about, you kind of touched on it. it,'s about comfort zone. it's about sort of okay, doing things that perhaps you, know, you don't necessarily uh, you know, do on a day-to-day basis, or things that um, you, you know you need to do more of and might, might make you temporarily feel that a bit uneasy because you get out of your comfort zone. I mean, what is the right place to be on there? you think? because people talk about the comfort zone, they speak about the fear zone. They speak about the stretch zone where you're just being stretched. Is there a point where it's it's stretched so much that it it breaks? What is the right sort of point, you think, for people to be, if they want to improve, just as you have uh, done and become champions in whatever they do?
1: There is a point. Um, I don't know if there's a scientific way of working out exactly what that point is, but I think through years of experience and experimenting with you i think we are individual and it will vary as well some people will need to take tiny little increments and increase whereas some people similar to me they're kind of capable of like throwing themselves off cliffs and learning to fly on the way down um but if you go too far you go into a state of panic and then if you're trying to perform if your goal is to perform your best. And this is so like working with fighters and they might look good on the outside because they're in a ring fighting, but inside, and I've been there, they've got that voice inside their head telling them they're not good enough, telling them they're not doing it, telling them. So I used to go back to my corner and be like, I'm not fit enough. I'm losing because I'm not fit enough. That's why I called my business. I am fighting fit because it's, it was too fear driven. It was too, it was terrifying. I couldn't, I couldn't even drink. So one of those physiological signs of fear is obviously that heightened heart rate and breathing. And if you're doing something very physical, you won't necessarily know that someone's gone too far into fear. But I couldn't swallow my water in my corner. And now I've learned more about how our body physiologically reacts. That's a sign that it's too far. So in my title fight, where I was calm and I was confident, I was able to drink. I was able to think. I was able to, I knew I was winning and I believed in myself and I was confident that I was becoming a champion. And I, I think the key to this for me, it was making it fun. It was taking away the pressure. So there is, and I've since listened to Flow by Mihai Mihaly Mihai. Yeah, it has
0: one of his names. <laughs> I was,
1: can I say his name or not? I think it's Chick High. I love the
0: book; it's one of my favourites. But yeah, I can never pronounce the name of the author.
1: And it's, uh, and it he says it. So it's the challenge has to match your skill set. So you need to. So this is where to become a champion. You can't just walk into the gym on your first day and go put me in for a title fight now because I believe I'm incredible and you could have the best mindset ever. But you wouldn't have the skill set, so you do have to dedicate those the ten thousand hours that they say. But then there are other theories about that too. It doesn't necessarily take ten thousand hours, but so you need to build your belief and your mindset. But you do also need to do the work to match the challenge. Then you find that state of flow. So you are being challenged because if it's too easy, you won't enter a state of flow either. You'll just sort of switch off and just be like. Going over the motions and you're not you're not stretching at all. So you're not growing and you just become complacent. So it is finding that balance, that comfort zone, stretching it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and for those who don't know, by the way, about the ten thousand hours, that's the point that the author says is the point of genius, isn't it? So if you've done ten thousand hours of whether it's training or practice or whatever it is in your field, whether it's physical exercise or playing music or whatever, then you become an expert. And that's a bit of a guideline. Obviously, it doesn't have to be ten thousand. I mean, I'm sure you can. It's an
1: interesting one. I think I heard somewhere that to become competent at something, so to know a little, is about twenty hours to be able to just sort of say. from twenty to ten thousand. Yeah, to be able to say, and I'm thinking about it now because I know quite a lot about kickboxing. Like in twenty hours, somebody could learn quite a lot of the basic techniques and the sort of fitness would start to improve and they would start to become a kickboxer to a degree and then flip that on something that you i don't know how to play a guitar but with 20 hours of practice i could learn a few chords i could do again i would not be a guitarist but i would know something i could like
0: definitely learn some chords i mean i had the um very interesting that you bring this up because the, uh, the conversation I had in my previous podcast with Mark, Mark Dix, he's basically teaching people to learn the piano and his challenge is, uh, those are people that basically never, you know, they don't know any theory, they haven't played the piano before or they have as a kid and, abandoned, and they don't never really, and they always wanted to learn the piano, but somehow life got in the way and excuses. And he says something similar basically, you don't have to be a champion, you don't have to be an expert. All, uh, all I'm helping you to do is to enjoy playing the piano, playing your favourite tracks. And yes, I can do it in X number of hours. You don't have to practise. Uh, definitely not 10,000 hours, but presumably he would agree about 20 hours is probably enough you know, for to teach even someone who doesn't know anything about piano to play a simple pop song. You can do that in 20 hours.
1: I think so. and I think that's an important thing for people to remember, realise, take home, is that... Most people don't want to become a champion, it has to become almost obsessive, it has to be all consuming. So like using the social, the family, all of these, which is an important part of health. Um, You have to turn down those opportunities to fight to train to recover if you've had a lot of training sessions and you need an early night because you especially as an amateur fighter we don't have the professional team of recovery and everything so we need to make sure we're we're working around it we don't have them we're not paid to do it we don't have high levels of sponsorship maybe we'll have a, a small amount of sponsorship to cover the costs of fighting. We actually pay to fight. I pay to enter the world championships out of my own money that I've got to earn. I'm not paid to do it. So we need to put that back, and I guess it's the same. So using music, um, you have to do a lot of practice. If you wanna be a band and you wanna be on stage and people are paying to come and see you, there's many, many hours of missing other opportunities to just practice.
0: Absolutely. A lot of uh, practice and a lot of pain. also, by the way, <laughs> in the early days. You need to invest, isn't it, any kind, yeah. before you start earning money. You need to first invest, and, in, um, you know, as a musician, you invest in buying your musical instruments. Then to play gigs in the beginning, you should you know, you don't start immediately expecting to be paid, paid paid, out. And sometimes musicians actually are paying money when they want to support, a, you know, a well-known artist because that gives them more exposure. So, um, it's just and i think that that motivates in itself isn't when you are sort of start the mindset i really want to get there and i'm prepared to do what it takes and make some financial sacrifice and, and and sacrifice my time to get there i believe that that can bring you to you know quicker to that point of professionalism where actually afterwards you start uh, reaping the benefits of that
1: but it's and it's important so going back to the point of the not needing to become a champion e- even if you have that that you want to be a champion at something and this is something that I've had to work on myself and I've noticed it recently I now want to dedicate that to everything that I do in life and so if I start something it's like I want to be the best and it's like no it's not possible unless I stop doing the kickboxing and the hypnotherapy it's like if I want to learn piano I would happily have I'd have to happily accept that it would just be recreationally and that would be good for me to have something and for most people it's good to have something so it might be family family and business they're two really people listening that's probably your version of being a champion if you're i don't have a family yet that's why i am a kickboxing champion because all the evenings that i would have to spend at home as a mum, or even in my business i have i if i'm going to fight again next year I'm having and being the beginning of 2022 coming up as we're recording this, I'm having to sit down and think, well, okay, I'm going to have to forego business opportunities and potential income and blah, 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 if I'm going to fight at the world championships. But that's okay because I can do that for the rest of my life afterwards. So whoever's listening, if if their focus is their family and their business, then their kickboxing, training, physical activity, music, arts, whatever it might be. going to have to be recreational because for most people they can't choose to take all of those hours out of their day i'm quite lucky and i think grateful that i've set my life up to allow me to earn an income doing the things i love and that's part of what i'm passionate about helping other people do i think that there's there's enough it, once we learn how to identify our passions and once we learn what our strengths are, what we are a champion at, and how we can help champion other people, then it allows that flexibility to pursue our passion.
0: Absolutely, yes. So, and um, just to wrap things up a little bit, Jess, and you are doing quite a lot of different things. You're doing, you know, your, your uh, kickboxing, hypnotherapy, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we discussed. But what is your main focus at the moment what is the sort of thing that you are concentrating on
1: my membership fighting fit together it's a community beyond just the membership because so i know there are memberships out there that you pay for content and really turning it into something incredible a community of working together towards our goals so from women or men, there's men too, but people who've never done anything like it before, perhaps they did a bit of martial arts when they were younger, and that they want to do something to improve their health, their fitness, working towards those goals. So moving, obviously, weight loss is a reason that people join, but it's that working towards something together as part of a powerful community, right up to fighters and martial artists and bringing together other experts in this area because there's a lot of exciting research coming out about improving performance especially women's health and optimizing different areas of nutrition and mindset and bringing it all together wholeheartedly so that's my biggest focus because I I really want that to be something spectacular I like mean without that like that dream big I want it to be something that eventually one day that every especially amateur fighters because they can't afford the professional price tag we can't afford to have a nutritionist and a sports psychologist we have our coach and our coach is probably an amateur coach too they probably work a job or they run a gym and they give the best they can to their fighters But it's not professional. So I would love for Fighting Fit Together to become something that can unite all martial artists and fighters and anybody that wants to train with martial artists and fighters together. And that includes the kind of kickboxing and fitness and all of that. But I do also run Sunday sessions. So part of that is a book club. So we read a book a month. Uh, group hypnosis so group coaching so that's where we work on the kind of mindset side of things too and it makes it more accessible more affordable than the one-to-one which I do do but it's limited because of the amount of things I do there's only so many clients I can work with at one point and that fills up quite quickly
0: yeah and, and it sounds very interesting so group hypnosis reading books Um, working on your mindset so quite a few things there isn't it so who are the the sort of people that will be attracted to what you are offering
1: who are the type of people that will be well um martial artists or fighters or people who have done anything like that and who want to be part of creating this community but at the moment especially it's generally women like i said i have had men i do have a couple of men involved but anybody who wants to improve their health and fitness in a fun way and obviously has an interest in kickboxing so i know that's a very vague and they say oh we should niche it's like well kickboxing is pretty niched and one day when i have a team maybe the focus won't be all kickboxing i'll have more yoga and pilates and other things but at the moment the kind of backbone of the membership i coach kickboxing through zoom and i run the sunday sessions which are the kind of mindset personal development types there so it's combined again it's focused around wholehearted health so anybody that's interested in i guess being part of this community and as it grows so I'm at the beginning of this and it's fighting fit together so it's I, I invite people to join me on this journey
0: absolutely well at the end of the day I think that's who you are Jess isn't it Jess Roper the uh, kickboxing champion that's your purpose that's your guy, so to speak so that's that's where you're coming from so that's where you draw your purpose from It has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, Jess. And before we go to the last question, I guess, where can people find you? Where is the best place for someone to get in touch with you?
1: So my website, my main website is Iamfightingfit.co.uk or I'm Jess Roper on facebook linkedin and on instagram i'm actually working on instagram at the moment it was one of those things i don't really like instagram but i'm getting out of your comfort zone learning something new starting to do reels so i am jess roper on instagram and it is with the i am so at i am jess roper because jess roper wasn't available
0: brilliant okay well thank you very much jason i'll speak to you soon thank you you were listening to the How to They Do It podcast with Kostas Panagiotou. Should you have a story you would like to share about how you found your own freedom and clarity of purpose, then please email me at the the coach at gmail.com. And you can also follow me at thecosasthecoach.com for weekly articles inspiring solopreneurs,
1: therapists and artists to find the freedom and clarity of purpose in life.